1: Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today. A show on the internet. All forms of the internet. Internet 1, Internet 2. That is how they're labeled. And so on. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us using some of your AOL free hours on your CD. Um, Are we living in the 90s? Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good, making us look good, making the whole thing work. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle.
0: I don't know if I can make us look good, but I mean, I, I think like we sound okay. I woke up like this. No, you didn't. You put gel in your hair. It's not gel. Uh, it's
1: pomade. A, it's a it's a hair balm. Ah, okay. Today is Monday, October twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Thirty one days until Ooh. Thanksgiving. Thirty one days. That's like a like. We're in I know time. I know like people think of that's why when people say it's like a month away. Yeah. It's like, it's like. Thirty-one days feels like a month. Yeah, I think people think of month as like shorthand, like four weeks, uh-huh. something.
0: Well, and I feel like you also like a lot of people think of it in like work th- weeks too. Yeah. Is I think of like five day spans. I don't ever think of like seven day spans. I <laughs> think
1: I think that we're a month away from Thanksgiving. Yeah. Even though like really what'll it be like is like Thursday will be like a month a month away. away from yeah. But that's gonna feel like four weeks away yep. from Thanksgiving. We're a time podcast. <laughs> uh, happy birthday to Nancy Cartwright. Do you know who Nancy Cartwright is? I don't think I do. Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson.
0: Oh, all right. Uh, yes.
1: Happy birthday to Queen Nancy Cartwright. <laughs> Episode 1268. On today's show, my friends, we're going to overreact to the football weekend uh, in Monday morning fallout. Then we will be joined by the head coach of the 8-0 yeah. and o Lubbock Roosevelt Eagles after a wild it? win. <laughs> over Abernathy. We'll talk with Coach Matt Landers coming up here. Then back half of the show, we will unveil Dave Campbell's Texas football and Associated Press Texas high school football rankings for your edification and your arguments over your water cooler. Do we have first four through the door?
0: We sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Andrew Christensen, Rob Hadaway, and Coach Terry Crawford. Terry Crawford. Also, I should have pulled the clip of you, and I think it was the picks video was like, I'm going to go with Abernathy, the more battle tested team <laughs> to play for coach.
1: I mean, if we wanted to make every interview just a roast session on me, like, I that like would that be idea. Pretty easy. That's, I've, <laughs> like, when you've done 1,267 episodes, you've said some <laughs> things that are wrong. That's certainly the case. Uh, and by the way, let's have a Panthers right now. Let's
0: go. 53, 53, eight, 53,
1: yeah, 53 to 8 win. Over yeah, privilege.
0: they just molly wopped them.
1: That's right. They 45 Pickle! Hit the air at Monday Morning, morning, fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, plenty to overreact to this weekend. Let's get to my three big thoughts. Thought number one, small schools, big chaos. A lot of the shakeups this week, I think... Found themselves around the 3A and 2A level. That's where most of the shakeups came. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk with the head coach of one of those teams coming in a moment in Lubbock Roosevelt. Lubbock Roosevelt was a team that was 7 and 0. We felt pretty good about, but we also didn't know a ton about. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know. And they go out and they beat Abernathy 58-56 in a wild one. Um, that kind of shakes up district or that that um, whole kind of thing over there <laughs> the whole region Scope, one yeah because here's the funny thing right think about read district three and district four of 3a division two and i know this is a you know podcasting's a visual medium mm-hmm. right three and four they're going to play each other in bi-district right yes okay so like we could have in a couple weeks we're gonna we're gonna get Childress and canadian mm-hmm. that's a, that's a week 11 game okay Childress and canadian the loser of that game is probably going to play Friona, or is probably going to play Idaloo. Yes. Okay. Idaloo's super good team. Yeah. They lost okay? to Abernathy right. last they could play two Aber- weeks ago. They could play Abernathy, right? Again, Depending yeah. on how things break out. Like, it could. That's a super good team, right? Friona, who's an excellent team, I think they're probably going to finish third in that district. Yeah. In, in, in that would make district sense. District three or District four, I believe it is. They are probably going to end up facing, like, like they're gonna end up facing Canadian or 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 or, Lubbock, and that's, or I'm sorry, not Canadian, but like Lubbock Roosevelt. Yeah, it's like, like
0: the toughest it is wild. The toughest playoff games for that specific region are all gonna be like the first two games. Right.
1: It is insane the way like Spearman could play Lubbock Roosevelt in the first round. <laughs> Abernathy could play Freon in the first round. Chaos. It's gonna be it's crazy. Two A was also pretty wild too, and most especially in Two A Division One. And I want to draw your attention to one particular result that caught my well, two particular results that caught my eye. One of them was uh, Coleman's thirty-one to seven win over Cisco. Mm-hmm. Um, what that does for me, in, in my dumb opinion. Is that that makes the whole left side of the two A Division one bracket pretty wide open? Because I think there was a fair argument to be made that the left side of the of the of the the favorite on the left side of the bracket in two A Division one was Cisco. Mm-hmm. Cisco had looked fantastic, you know, really really cruising along. They had the one loss on the year, but it was to boy, who they lose to? They lost to Jim Ned. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's a three A three A Division Three Division one and the defending state champion, the number one team in three A Division one. Yeah. Um, but Coleman goes and throws an, a wrench in it, and now it causes you to take a step back and take a look at that left side, region, two, region one and region two, mm-hmm. because on the right side we're fairly certain: Refario, Shiner, maybe mm-hmm. Mason gets in the mix there in region four. Mm-hmm. Timpson looks like the favorite in region three. Though those two will meet in the semifinal. The left side: Who's the favorite? Yeah. Right? Is it Crawford? Is it Good New me. Deal? Is it Coleman? Is it Holly? Is it Toller? Is it still Cisco? Is it Forsan? Is it Farwell? Who is it? Like, is it Bosqueville? Is it Italy? Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so interesting is that that one game, I think, can throw a lot of things into flux. And the same goes, I would say, on, uh, I w- the same goes with Region 1 of 2 Division 2. Because Wellington, I don't know if you saw this, but Wellington lost to Clarendon. Yeah. Wellington lost a tight one to Clarendon. So now, on that left side, and especially in Region 1... Of, like, does that just make Stratford the runaway favorite in Region 1?
2: Yeah.
1: Maybe. I don't know. That's what's so interesting about this week is, by the way, we also had some chaos in the, in the, um, the 1A ranks. Westbrook beat Sterling City for the first mm-hmm. time since 1940. Um, yeah, that was Cisco's first loss,
0: district loss since 2010.
1: Yeah, they snapped a 61-game district winning streak, did Coleman. There's a lot going on in the small school ranks. A lot of jockeying for a position. That we talk about the importance of finishing with a good with with the best possible seed, mm-hmm. a lot of what we thought got thrown into a blender this past weekend, which made that a lot of fun. Thought number 2, realignment riddle. So, we have not there's been a lot of college football realignment talk lately. Mm-hmm. Um I have intentionally stayed away from it because I want because a I want the dust to settle and this is still years in the way in, in the future. Right. And, B, we also have an entire offseason, and, like, there's football being played right now, and that feels much more important to me. But in a week of college football, that was okay, fine. Yeah, Not, it was you know, nothing it was, special. I mean, I mean, there was one game we'll get to in a moment that, that I think was a big surprise, but, like, overall, there wasn't that big marquee game Mm-mm. that I think got everybody excited. I think this is a good opportunity to take a look at what Realignment has done, Um in the wake of the Texas and OU move to the SEC because mm-hmm. there have been massive ripples, right? So Texas and, uh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. Yes. They're leaving the Big 12. The Big 12 is now going to bring in a number of teams, including Houston, mm-hmm. to fill in the void left there. Cool beans. Um, they are That is going to leave some spots open in the American Athletic Conference, mm-hmm. right? Because they're taking three teams from the American. Yes. Plus BYU. They are now going to add in... So the uh, the American Athletic Conference looking for teams mm-hmm. goes and they go a Raiden, mm-hmm. most especially from Conference USA.
0: Yeah, they plucked about half of them. <laughs>
1: exactly right. For our purposes, the noteworthy teams that they that they plucked were Rice, mm-hmm. UTSA and North Texas. Cool. From what I understand, UTSA was not necessarily a big surprise. No, but from what I understand, it was kind of surprising that North Texas and Rice came along. Mm-hmm. That. There was kind of a notion of you know they, they might have been left in the left left behind.
0: That DFW and Houston market does a lot of talking. Correct.
1: I think that's a big thing, and and American the the AAC that's obviously most is looking around and saying we want we want to shore up those those major those major markets. So that does leave one team. Yeah. In Conference USA, and that is UTEP. Now, UTEP's always been in a tough position. And mm-hmm. it's it stinks that in a time when UTEP's having su- such a fun season yeah. that we have to talk about this bummer topic.
0: Yeah, it's like, congrats, you're doing so well. We're going to take North Texas and Rice that are, have a combined one win.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> the now UTEP's always been in a tough situation geographically literally just because of geography Yeah, and now that situation gets even tougher Mm -hmm. because they are now 900 miles away from their nearest conference opponent yeah okay so UTEP's going to have to face some hard facts, because there is also a possibility. I don't know what Conference USA is going to do. There's just not a lot of teams that they can go and pluck.
0: No, there's, and there's really no, not. like
1: Unless they want to become one of those starter leagues that like merges with the WAC or yeah. something, but then they have to convince those teams to jump yeah, up
0: La- to FBS. Yeah, and uh, UTEP got the brunt they're, they're, of this. They're
1: in a bad way, right? Um, and the Mountain West has presently said no vacancy mm-hmm. to UTEP. They're in a difficult spot. Mm-hmm. I think independence is a, is a possibility here. New Mexico State is independent. Um, there, are some other, there are some other teams who have made it work. BYU has made it work. Notre Dame, obviously, is a notable independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liberty has been independent recently. But that obviously is pretty difficult. It's a tough spot for UTEP, and they're going to have to be some hard choices and some hard mm-hmm. decisions made. Now, they said they, they've recommitted to Conference USA. Um, that they want to stay in Conference USA. I just don't know if Conference USA is going to be around. Well, yeah, and that's then you the get
0: even deeper into that, like going independent, just monetarily speaking. That oh. gets real difficult when you're Extremely all the way difficult. out there
1: too. Absolutely. So there's a lot of moving parts. We're not ignoring the story. It's just we've got a lot of other things like actual football to talk about. <laughs> and that's, gonna, that's what kind of makes this a little bit, you know, put it on the back burner. And we'll, whenever dust starts to settle, then we're mm-hmm. going to talk about it more, especially in the off season. And thought number three, H-Town Takeover. It is a, so we're entering week 10 of the 2021 Texas high school football season. Yes. And you know I don't like to swear on this, this, this show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, uh, but Pickle, Mm-hmm. this week of games in Houston is Crazy Town Banana Pants.
0: It is loaded. It is
1: absolutely loaded. Let me read you some like, games in Houston. Loaded. Okay. Ready? Just greater Houston area. Ready? Katie Pay uh, I'm sorry, Atascacita and North Shore. Uh-huh. Notable. Katie Payto and Manville. Mm-hmm. Cy Ranch and Cy Park lost a little bit of luster because they both lost. lost? But yeah. it's still basically for a district title and a- say, that absolutely almost... like it's still it's still for a district title and the winner is gonna clinch a playoff.
0: So you say realistically, like that almost heightens it too because it was kind of like a kind of removes a oh little shoot. bit of margin for error. You know?
1: Right. <laughs> Clear Springs and Dickinson. Yeah. Magnolia West and New Caney. That one's sneaky good. Shadow, Cl- Shadow Creek and Pearland. Pearland. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of in that kind of weird in between, but like uh, Huffman, Hargrave, and Viter. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Tom Ball and Klein Kane, Jersey Village and Houston Stratford. A battle of unbeatens. Mm-hmm. Right? Four-pin Ridgepoint, four-pin Bush. I could go on and on and on. It is a ludicrous week of games in the Houston area.
0: And may we mention, all of those are on Texan Life.
1: That's another thing worth noting. <clears throat> it is a crazy week of games in the Houston area. If you're in H Town, there is no excuse not to go to a game or two or watch a bunch of them on Texan Live. I saw number three. Those are three big thoughts. Helmet stickers. A helmet sticker to Grandview wide receiver Kaysen Eason, who went a little bonkers. In their game last week, uh, Grandview uh, uh, comes away with a big win ahead of their game this week against West. And Grandview wide receiver Case Easton had five catches for 97 yards, two touchdowns receiving. He had a rushing touchdown. He had a passing touchdown. He had a punt return touchdown. He had three tackles and broke, broke up a pass. Is
0: it Case Easton or Case in English? I'm sorry,
1: Case in English. Case okay. in English. <laughs> I
0: Without went back to my English. notes and I was like, uh, you typed it. Case <laughs> in
1: English. Grandview wide receiver, Case in English. Helmet sticker for you. A helmet sticker to Rice wide receiver August Petrie III, which is a very Rice.
0: Uh, oh, it, when I was typing it, I was like, mwah. <laughs> it was a,
1: it's an extremely Rice name. Uh, but he went nuts in their big win uh, over, uh, over UAB. Six catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown uh, to fuel Rice to an upset win. Over UAB. Kind of throwing CUSA West into, into tumult. <laughs> or at least opening up the door for UTSA and Utah. Uh, yes, yeah, You've got to feel pretty good about their spot now. But Rice with a big win, thanks in large part to August Petrie the third, And a helmet... St- oh, wow. Oh, wait. Hold on. We have some breaking news. Uh-huh. Let me make sure... Let me confirm this. Um, I just want to make sure I'm confirming this. Believe, oh, holy cow. Believe, yeah, I believe we have some breaking news. Um... Let me see if I'm I'm getting this right. Hold on a second. Pete Thamel at um, of from Yahoo Sports is reporting that Matt Wells has been fired at Tech. Pete Thamel uh, f- via from two minutes ago. Uh, a high-ranking source confirms that Matt Wells has been fired at Texas Tech. He's scheduled to meet with the team imminently. So that is uh, that is noteworthy. Uh, thanks for doing that in the middle of the show. Yeah. Um, yes. Big doings there. Um, a high ranking source again, Pete Fa of Yahoo reporting. a high ranking source confirms that Matt Wells has been fired at Texas Tech. He's scheduled to meet with the team imminently. Um, obviously, you know what? here's what we'll do after we unveil the rankings. We'll maybe have a little bit of a chat about this in a bonus segment at the back end of the show. But we do have breaking news. That Pete Thamel reporting from Yahoo News that a high-ranking source confirms that Matt Wells has been fired at Texas Tech. Uh, he's scheduled to meet with the team imminently. Uh, that is from Pete Thamel, who is uh, usually pretty darn good on these types of things. Uh, I don't know if you can necessarily take that as gospel, but keep it, that is big-time breaking news out of Texas Tech that Matt Wells reportedly fired, according to Pete Thamel at uh, Yahoo Sports. All right. <clears throat> we'll get to that in the back half of the show we're going to take that we're going to put it in a parking lot and we're going to come back to it at the back end, of, at the back end of, of the show okay one more helmet sticker pickle yes a helmet sticker to Mallory Hartley got to make sure we give him a helmet sticker to Mallory Hartley she was uh, she was out at the North Texas game against Liberty and um, well I think she brought the energy you you the judge
2: DJ question mark let's get that first song awesome Castry Boy, let's hear it, guys.
1: That not bad, not bad. Okay, let's try another one. Let's just DJ Qu- outstanding. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just the best thing. <laughs>
0: Malpal got the crowd going. That is, I will say that was probably that is the loudest that I've heard that stadium this season.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, Anyway, a helmet sticker. Helmet sticker to Mallory (laughs) Hartley. Um, uh, Three teams to watch. Uh, Duncanville. This is weird. Yeah. (laughs) I think Duncanville might be flying under the radar, Uh which doesn't make any sense. No. But. I think that there have been a number of things that have conspired to kind of push them off of the front page. Like they took that big loss in week one to that that team from modern day from California, right? Um, Their district is down. Like DeSoto's, I don't think not as great as they usually are. Cedar Hill, not as good as they usually are. Um, Like Hugh Midway is in a bad way, right? That district has taken a step back, I think. But Duncanville just keeps on mowing down people, Including Cedar Hill this past week, and I just I don't know if people are paying attention to it. It's a little weird that that we haven't mentioned Duncanville as much as we normally do. But uh, three teams to watch. Keep an eye on Duncanville, Texas Wesleyan. Texas mm-hmm. Wesleyan got a big win uh, this week. Um, that's a team that, obviously, still in their um, their infancy as a football program, but they are now five and two on the year. Um, and and Coach Joe Perdome is doing an outstanding job there. They get a big win over Louisiana College, fifty six thirty nine. They're putting up buku points. Uh, they're scoring a bunch. They've got a big game this week against Texas College. Keep an eye on Texas Wesleyan and Canyon. Did you see what Canyon did with their in their game against Pampa? No, I did not. Final, Final score: Canyon seventy-five, Pampa sixty. In a oh. wild, wild offensive fairway. Four-hour game with Todd Winfrey on um, on uh, football Football Friday. Okay. And talked with him, and he was like, yeah, I don't think I've ever been a part of that one, or something like that. Uh, but keep an eye on can wow. they get off to a 1-0 certain district? Because remember, they're in a four-team district, they only play three games, and so week nine, the start of district season. Mm-hmm. Three to C, we mentioned it earlier, Katie Pato in Manville is a mammoth game with an opportunity, I think, for Katie Pato to establish himself as one of the favorites in 5A Division One if they can come away with a win. I think actually the winner of this game can establish himself as, as one of the favorites in 5A Division I uh, with a win. So keep an eye on that one. SMU in Houston is the game of the week in the state of Texas in college football. Um, the winner of two, obviously Houston has the one loss, SMU undefeated. The winner of this game has got to feel really good about making the AAC championship game. And if you make the AAC championship game and you win it, which who knows? Mm-hmm. You win it, then suddenly you can start talking about New York Six Bowl. yeah. You know what I mean? So big time doings there, SMU in Houston. In a battle of unbeatens, Buta Johnson and Dripping Springs. Yeah, who saw that one coming? Who saw these two teams undefeated <laughs> heading into Week 10? But Buta Johnson and Dripping Springs big-time showdown there in the greater central Texas area. Those are three to see. That is Monday Morning Fallout. A little breaking news sprinkled in. We're Texas football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball dot com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the lone star state. Pickle you want to talk about the team of the week? Let's do it. I, I just, I'm, I was hoping you would say yes. Dave yes. Campbell's Texas football in partnership with Ozarka is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. The teams selected throughout the course of this program have exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your week nine, Dave Campbell's Texas football, Ozarka Teams of the Week In 6A, Cy Woods, the Wildcats defense held state-ranked and previously unbeaten Cy Park in check, and quarterback Trey Croft accounted for five total touchdowns as Cy Woods beat the Tigers 42-37 to stay in the thick of the District 16-6A hunt. In 5A, Dallas W.T. White. Thanks in large part to Davion, Davion Brown's five touchdown runs, the Longhorns blew past Carrollton Newman-Smith 52-7 to clinch a second consecutive playoff berth, marking the program's first back-to-back postseason appearance since 1979-1980. How about that? In 4A China Spring, in a hotly anticipated Central Texas class, the Cougars defense stymied uh, Salado's high-powered slot T attack and quarterback Major Bowden put on a show, surging past the Eagles 48-7 to remain unbeaten. In 3A, Lubbock-Roosevelt. Believe it, the Eagles overcame an 18.4th quarter deficit to win a wild 58-56 shootout over a previously unbeaten Abernathy, avenging last season's loss and aven- improving to 8-0 for the first time since 1986. In 2A, Coleman. The Blue Cats jumped on state-ranked Cisco early and never looked back, romping to a 31-7 victory over the Lobos and snapping their 61-game district winning streak. In 1A, Westbrook. Facing number 2 Sterling City, the Wildcats were not intimidated, jumping up to a 40-7 halftime lead and holding off a furious rally to win 60-50, marking their first victory over the Eagles since 1940. And finally, in the private school ranks, Colleyville Covenant. Brooks Lamar and Christian Wells combined for 202 yards and three touchdowns rushing, and the Cougars defense pitched the program's first shutout in three years to win a critical district showdown with Fort Worth Lake Christian 28-0. So those... Are your Ozarka fueled by nature teams of the week? Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Before we get to uh, before we get to our very special guests, let's have a word from our friends with hashtag MyCoachMonday. From Now On is a proud sponsor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and your school's one-stop shop for community connection. Simplify your athletic communications with From Now On. Their FanX platform gives schools at all levels of the game a one-stop shop mobile experience that makes driving communication, creating engagement, and generating revenue easy. From Now On helps connect your school community with everything they need to win on game day. Schedules, streams, digital tickets, real-time notifications, and more. Learn more by visiting their website at from-now-on.com or follow them on Twitter or Instagram at FromNowOnExp pickle let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the head coach of one of the teams that's talk texas right now it's the 8-0 lubbock roosevelt eagles we are joined by coach matt landers coach how are you
2: Hey, I'm great. How are you guys doing? How's this weekend been for you? (laughs) Uh, Pretty exciting. Not much sleep, obviously. Uh, You know, but it's been fun. You know, we're enjoying the ride right now, and and obviously still taking it one day at a time. But yeah, it was that was a wild game Friday. If if no one's had a chance to watch it yet, but that was a wild game. (laughs) It sure
1: was. You guys, uh, you guys beat previously unbeaten Abernathy uh, 58-56 with an eight, overcoming an 18-point fourth-quarter deficit. Uh, scoring in the final minute to get the win. Um, so I, I just want to go back to to maybe the beginning of the fourth quarter. You're down. You're down three scores, um, and against a team that look ended your undefeated season last year. Um, what did you tell your guys going into that fourth quarter that obviously sparked them to the victory?
2: <laughs> uh it's kind of funny. I I wasn't uh somebody asked me about that too earlier and I said honestly I didn't realize we were down 18-0 going to the fourth quarter. Uh we just kept you know we just kept calling plays, kept trying to get our kids going and just kept playing, you know. Um all week though we told our kids, you know, one of our core values and one of our things about our culture is don't flinch. Um and that what that pretty much means is we're not going to panic. We're going to stick to the plan um because bad things are usually going to happen during football games and good things are obviously going to happen too, but Big thing is to them not to flinch. Um, so, you know, we're down 18-0 going into the fourth, and then um, we we go out there and, and play a twenty eight to eight fourth quarter, uh, win the fourth quarter. It's also one of our big things in our culture, and so, uh, but that was huge. Yeah, I mean, obviously things kind of went our way too at the same time, um, which is big. But at the same time, you know, we're just we're excited to get that win. That's for sure. Well, and
1: I, I want to ask you a little bit about you know you say mentioned you win the fourth quarter. Let's be honest, the past two months basically since week one you guys haven't haven't played a competitive fourth quarter um you guys have been blowing teams out so so I guess what do you feel like maybe you learned about your guys in this game going up against that kind of adversity in a lot of ways for the first time in two months at least and and coming away with a win
2: Yeah, well, here's the big thing. You know, we've got 15 seniors on this team, and and a lot of these guys have been on varsity since freshman and sophomore year. So they understand Friday nights. They understand our culture. They understand our expectations for them. Um, And so, you know, yes, uh, I'm so proud of our kids for coming back. But at the same time, you know, people ask me this too, you know, and I said, well, you know, it's it's expected of them. You know, it doesn't surprise me. These are great character kids. Um, These are kids that will fight through adversity. These are kids that won't um, back down from adversity. And so when adversity hits them in the face, they're going to keep fighting. They're going to keep competing. You know, they're not quitters. Um, these are the kids that have stuck it out, you know, through the 20-game losing streak, through the 0 and ten, through the 1-9s, and 9, through the 3-8s. and 8, And they have stuck it out to their senior year. So I know these kids don't have any quit in them. Um, and these are the kids we can compete with on Friday night. So, um, you know, yeah, I'm proud of them. But honestly, you know, looking back on it, this, this is our character of our kids, character of our team. So, kind of not surprised at the same time.
1: We're talking with Matt Landers, head coach of the Lubbock Roosevelt Eagles, here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today, uh, Coach. I want to I want to talk a little bit about because because this is such a strange a, a strange circumstance for you guys because this was so unlike every other game that you'd played because coming into the game. Uh, you guys have given up 14 points on the season in seven games. <laughs> yeah. Now you guys go out there and you give up 56 and get a win. Um, so, so I guess, I guess in a lot of ways, uh, let's talk about the defense because obviously they came up with key stops at the key moments. Obviously that the, the Abernathy was able to get a little bit more success than essentially anybody has had all year combined mm-hmm. against you. Um, but tell me about your defense. What is it about your defense that has that has really led you guys to this point of this this year?
2: Yeah, well, you know, first of all, you know, Abernathy has got tremendous athletes, you know, their quarterback, they got a four receiving core that's probably like any others uh, around our region right now, Uh, man, just tons of athletic ability on that field, and uh, no doubt those guys make plays left and right all night, man, so, you know, props to those guys, man, they just kept making plays, making plays, making plays, Um, But, you know, once again, just our defense, just the resilience, you know, just, you know, we don't flinch. Um, We're going to give up plays. We're going to give up some things here and there. Um, But we just kept fighting, kept competing. uh, And we did. We got the big stops when we needed to, uh, which was huge uh, right there. Um, But like I said, just the character of our team right there shows that. Obviously led by one of our middle backers, uh, J.J. Diaz, um, had a huge hit right there in the late fourth quarter that caused a fumble. Uh, We were able to get on it. Um, And talk about a huge momentum swing right there. I think, you know, that put us inside the 20 or 30, something like that, to be able to drive in and get a late touchdown right there in the fourth quarter. So just his leadership um, on the team right there and just showing that, hey, guys, we're not going to quit and we're going to keep fighting to the end. And we'll come up with some big plays when we have to. Um, So right there, just, just talking about our defense right there, definitely led by linebacker J.J. Diaz and his character.
1: Uh, the other side of the ball You guys, you guys run the flex bone offense And it is, it's a thing of beauty uh, w- w- <laughs> The way you guys are running it right now and, and the guy, the trigger man there is Alex Trevino A guy who ran for 215 yards And five touchdowns for you guys uh, Kind of pacing a, uh, a 543 yard assault um, uh, uh, He is not always the guy with the ball But he's always the guy who is, is directing traffic What is it about Alex Trevino that, that you think sets him apart And makes him special?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, it it helps when you got a quarterback like that that can make decisions in this offense. He's actually been doing this since a freshman. So he was a freshman when I first took over as head coach. And I remember they were like, what what are we going to do offensively? And I said, well, we're going to run the flex ball. And I said, we got to do something different uh, than everybody else is doing, something that's not, that's some kind of unusual. Um, Obviously, you know, Tesco and Wall, they they run it up here in the West Texas area um, as well. But, you know, not a lot of teams do that. Um, they, a lot of teams were spreading it out and getting in shotgun. And so said so we're going to do it, and we're going to stick with it through the good and the bad. So, you know, his freshman year, we went one and nine. <laughs> you know, he was on JV for most of it, but we brought him up for that, that one game. We broke the 20-game 20, 20 losing streak um, and got that one win. He was the quarterback. And then the second year, he started out at quarterback for a little bit, but then we actually moved him to B-back. So he actually played B-back, our little fullback position, last year in his sophomore year, majority of the time. So he actually knows this offense ins and outs. You know, he's played multiple positions in this offense, um, but he studied it. But everything about Alex just being able to operate. He's a smart kid, too. You know, he's number one in his class here. Um, He's actually trying to um, get into West Point right now. He's one of those uh, character kids right there. Um, But, man, just being able to operate this thing is very impressive just to watch him. Um, it, 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 is, it is kind of nice to be able to call a play and then just kind of have him make the right decision, whether he gives it, pulls it, pitches it, um, you know, whatever, whatever he needs to do, whatever the defense has given us, that's definitely a huge advantage uh, for us right now. So definitely hands down to him, you know, that's kind of mostly him taking control and being a leader on that side of the ball and being able to operate this,
1: um, and, and finally, Coach, it's it's on to the next one, and and you've got you've still got two games left. Uh, week eleven, obviously, against Idaloo. All eyes are going to be on that one. But you got to get there first, and you're taking on uh, this week uh, there at Eagle Field. You're gonna oh. you're gonna welcome in a Coahoma squad that. Um, you know, look, they're, they're going to come in desperate. They're coming in, they're trying to fight for a playoff spot there. They're kind of on that, fighting for that, uh, that fourth playoff spot there in, in what's become an extremely difficult district out there. Um, how do you get your guys refocused, coming off of a big, emotional, exciting win to take on a team that's going to come in and, and you know is going to give you their best shot?
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, Oklahoma, you know, just watching film on them. Um, and they're, 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 they're actually a really good team. You know, Coach Johnson. I've known him for a long time since he's gotten that job. And I know he's going to get his guys ready. I mean, he always has his guys ready. Their, their quarterback can throw the ball well. Their running back can run the ball well. Um, their defensive line and secondary can fly around and hit. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's going to be a challenge this week. But we're also going to be as consistent as we can this week um, and, and just keep preparing the same way we've prepared uh, for every game this year. You know, we're going to prepare for this game like we prepared for the Abernathy game and the Reagan County game and the Stanton game and, and games in our non-district. We're going to keep preparing. Same way we've always done. Be consistent for that, um, for sure. Um, obviously, it's a big emotional game for our seniors. It's the last time they'll play here at our home field. You know, it's the last home game for these seniors. And a lot of them, like I said, have been playing on there since they were junior high, been on this field. Um, and then obviously on Friday nights, and sophomores and freshmen. So definitely emotional for those guys too. But we're gonna do the best we can. Uh, keep this consistent and uh, keep them humble and grateful. Uh, we're definitely humble and grateful for the opportunities we're given right now. So, uh, but we're excited. Like I said, it's another Friday night and definitely blessed and grateful to play another Friday night.
1: The Lubbock Roosevelt Eagles are 8-0 for the first time since 1986 and their head coach Matt Landers uh, is at the controls there. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the big win on on, on Friday night and uh, best of luck this week.
2: Yes, sir. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. There he goes, Matt Landers. The head coach, the Lubbock Roosevelt Eagles joined us here on Texas Football Today Genuinely, like like one of the talk, one of the teams that's the talk of Texas. Right oh, absolutely. Well, we're gonna have a big Lubbock-centric show, aren't
0: we? We, oh we're yeah, no, we these. absolutely are. You're There's a, a lot of big things coming out of Lubbock right now. Uh, <laughs> but we
1: appreciate Coach Matt Landers and his time uh, hopping on with us. Uh, stay tuned uh, here in a bit. Uh, we're gonna unveil the rankings, and then we are going to talk a little bit about the um the breaking news out of Lubbock today. That Matt Wells, it's now been confirmed by our own Mike Craven um that matt wells is out at texas tech he's been relieved of his duties um we will talk about why it came to this what's going on and who you can expect to be in the hunt for that job but matt wells has been fired at texas tech we'll have all sorts of discussion on that uh, after uh this next segment so two hang segments. on two segments Hang on with us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbell's, Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbell's, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football in conjunction with the Texas Bowl is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Each Monday, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you to vote at TexasFootball.com. The uh, voting closes each Friday at noon with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Your Week 9 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees, got a big group of them here, Dallas Molina athlete Glenn Jackson carried the ball 11 times for 154 yards and four touchdowns rushing. He also had four catches for 132 yards and a touchdown receiving. Canyon running back Dario Bressler 26 carries, 323 yards, six touchdowns receiving, and then he had two catches for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Receiving. Holy cow. Eight total touchdowns for Canyon running back Dario Bressler. Lord. Um, I believe the uh, 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 oh jeez, I believe it was, it was uh, our buddy Carlos, uh-huh. our buddy Carlos out at the um, at the Lubbock paper. Um, I want to make sure I'm, I'm shouting him out correctly. But, yeah, I'm fairly sure. Carlos got in touch with me and asked me. He was like, hey, Carlos Silva. He was like, hey, what's the record for most touchdowns in a game? He's like, it's not that, but he's close. But keep doing what you're doing. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, Canateo running back L.J. Martin, 22 carries, 372 yards and five touchdowns rushing. He apparently had, like, almost 300 in the first half. He's insane. It's crazy. I've seen him. <laughs> Bernie quarterback Rashawn Galloway. 468 yards and five touchdowns passing. Light work for the Greyhounds quarterback. Thrall quarterback Coulter Hill. 275 yards, three touchdowns passing, 162 yards, and two touchdowns rushing. Dangerfield quarterback and linebacker D. Lewis. He went 14 of 19 for 413 yards and five touchdowns passing and then he had 23 tackles and a tackle for loss. I always love the small school
0: quarterback slash linebacker combo. Like, I'm going to throw this ball all
1: day on you and then i'm gonna tackle you (laughs) comanche quarterback and linebacker luke wilson texas football today's own 175 (laughs) yards and five touchdowns passing seven tackles and a pick six there's another one of those quarterback linebackers yeah (laughs) spring westfield quarterback cardell williams went 14 of 20 for 374 yards and seven touchdowns passing and he added 15 yards on the ground for funsies Roy City wide receiver Jonah Roberson, ten catches, two hundred and fifty-five yards, four touchdowns receiving for Roy City. Big game this week against Ennis. Mm-hmm. And Commerce athlete Deshaun Jackson, nine carries, two hundred twenty-five yards, four touchdowns rushing. Stop there. A seventy-five-yard touchdown pass. Stop there. A sixty-three-yard touchdown catch. Stop there. 15 tackles and five pass breakups.
0: I would say that that is the definition of an athlete.
1: Deshaun <laughs> Jackson of Commerce. So those are your Week 9 Mr. Wow. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Vote early, vote off, and vote now at TexasFootball.com. Okie dokie, Pickle. It's time to unveil the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press Rankings for Week 10 of the Texas high school football season. Dave Campbell's Texas football has put out the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for years, and has been the official ranking provider of the Associated Press since 2019. Complete rankings can be found at texasfootball.com slash rankings. Let's go on to class 6A to talk a little bit about some changes we've got in 6A, most notably at the bottom of the rankings where three newcomers have slid in. Uh, we lost a number of teams, including Cy Park, who got beat. They are out of the rankings. as, uh, as one, of, one of the teams that's out of the rankings, but new to the rankings. Number 23, DeSoto, back into the rankings with their win over Hewitt Midway. Number 24, Dickinson, back into the rankings with a win over Clearbrook. And Jersey Village cracks the rankings for the first time at 8. No, nope, with their win over Springwoods. Big game this week for them. Over to 5A, Pickle. I should say the top five remain unchanged. Austin, Westlake, South Southlake, Carroll, Sorry. Duncanville. No, I got it. Duncanville and... Um, Atascasita. These are top five. 5A Division One. now. We made a couple of moves. Katie Pato throttles Fort Bend Hightower, and that bumps them all the way up from number nine to number five. A big jump for them. As a result, some teams get nudged down despite not doing anything wrong. Corpus Christi Vets, uh, Colleyville Heritage, Frisco Lone Star, and Longview all uh, drop a spot because of that. Fort Bend Hightower may, uh, drops out of the rankings. They were previously number 10. End of the rankings. Stay ranked. Dripping Springs Tigers, 8-0. Big winners over San Antonio Harlandale. They have a big game this week over unbeaten Buta Johnson. 5A Division two now, where... One of the big games we had our eye on, Lucas Lovejoy taking on Frisco. They they beat up on Frisco 38-15. That's good enough for us to jump them up to number two mm-hmm. in the rankings, bumping Fort Ben Marshall, who was idle, down to three. Frisco drops out at number eight. Uh, Alamo Heights and Montgomery nudge up a spot. And back into the rankings, number 10, Crosby. Keep an eye on them. They have really soared ever since their slow start. They got losses to Car- Carthage and Manville, but since then they have won- rattled off six straight back into the rankings at number Ten to four A we go. Four A division one, a little bit more churn. Uh, thanks in large part to a couple of big time, uh, a big time uh, moves there in the kind of the middle of the rankings. Uh, new to the rankings, uh, let's go to four A. Good um foray back into the rankings Waco la Vega at number nine their win over Midlothian heritage good faults and back into the rankings at five and three and into the rankings for the first time the Vider Pirates, uh, who are who are, are back into the rankings uh, they are making up for uh, they are jumping into the rankings for the first time this season to 4A division two we go where Almost entirely chalky, although we did lose one squad. Back into the rankings at number ten is Wimberley at number ten, and the top five remains unchanged: Carthage, Gilmore, Salina, West Orange, Stark, and China Spring. Big winners over Salado. To three A we go, pickle three A Division One where we had uh, basically a little bit of movement, specifically Mount Vernon. Their win over Winsboro impressed us enough to nudge them up ahead of Vanderbilt Industrial. Uh, They are 8-0, now up to number four. Vanderbilt Industrial drops a spot. Big game this week between number six West and number seven Grandview. Three A Division Two now, where a couple, where we've got a little bit of movement, thanks in large part to the man we just talked to, Lubbock Roosevelt, up to number seven in the rankings with their win over Abernathy. Abernathy drops from number six to number ten. Pretty much everybody else unchanged. Um, uh, you know, Newton nudges up a spot despite being idle. Wascom and Canadian because they had to make room for Lubbock Roosevelt. Uh, Basically, yeah, they, they stay the same at number eight, number nine, top five unchanged. Franklin, Gunner, Childress, Holiday, and West Rusk, all winners, all still unbeaten. Franklin, one of the few 9-0 and teams in this team. Yeah. To 2A we go, Pickle. 2A Division One. Cisco drops out after their loss to Coleman, and in their place, the Coleman Bluecats, who take over the number nine spot in the rankings, uh, leapfrogging unbeaten for Sam uh, there. Uh, uh, Beckville uh, is up two spots to number seven. Mason is, remains the same at number eight. Uh, the top four, Man unchanged. Hawley nudges up a spot to number five. The top five now, Refereo, Shiner, Timpson, Crawford, and Hawley. Two-way Division Two. A little bit of chaos in this one. Because of Clarendon's win over Wellington, things got a little bit of a shake-up here. Uh, Clarendon now up to number eight. Wellington falls to number nine in the rankings. McKaney checks into the rankings at number 10. Uh, the Badgers back into the rankings. Uh, the uh, Munster also uh, uh, is, is still ahead of Winthorst, that is. So it's one, uh, Munster, Mart, Munster, Windthorst, Albany, and Stratford are your top five. 2-1-A we go, Pickle. A little bit of shakeup in the 1A ranks. Specifically, Westbrook's win over Sterling City drops Sterling City from number two to number seven. Everyone else nudges up a spot. So now your top five are May, Jonesboro, Abbott, Water Valley, and Rankin. Um, Hermley remains at number ten. Ira was idle at number nine. One A Division Two now, where we finally, finally get some chalk everyone's a winner, nobody moved, top five unchanged, Motley County, Strong, Richland Springs, Balmeray, and Fallout. To the private school ranks we go, Pickle. Uh, top five remain unchanged, Austin Regions, Houston, Dallas Parish Episcopal, Houston Second Baptist, Fort Worth, Nolan, and Episcopal School of Dallas. Let me explain one thing here. If you take a look at number four, it's going to say Fort Worth, Nolan, three and five. That is their technical record. Okay. But they have also had to forfeit three games, I believe it was, because of use of an ineligible player. Mm-hmm. On the field, they're 6-2. and two. So I want to be very clear about that. Although that is correct, on the field they are 6-2. and two. They've got a big game this week against Parish Episcopal, number four versus number two. Yeah, it does look odd with 3-5 and five and right. then 9-0 yeah, yeah, right wanted, underneath it. I knew it. that was going to throw <laughs> some people off. Um, and at the private school, or rather, in the six-man ranks, the top five unchanged, Waco Live Oak, Marble Falls Faith, Bolverde, Bracken, Christian, Austin Veritas, and Texas School for the Deaf. All winners or idle. They are now um, into heading into week 10 next week, getting close to the playoffs. So those are your Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press Texas High School Football Rankings. Make sure you check out all the rankings at texasfootball.com rankings. Okie dokie, Pickle. Let's do an impromptu segment. How about that A little breaking news segment? Yeah, I already got a graphic. Uh, we have breaking news. Uh, confirmed, first reported by Pete Thamel at um, first reported by Pete Thamel at Yahoo Sports. Confirmed by our own Mike Craven here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Matt Wells has been fired at Texas Tech. Uh, I believe after just uh, just three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, not 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 even three years there, but matt uh, he has been, uh, he has been fired. Of course, he was the guy who he took over for tech in 2019. Um, and he took over from Utah and, or I'm sorry, Utah state and put together, let's be honest, uh, a frankly disappointing tenure here. Yeah. Um, they go 13 and 17 in the, in Matt Wells 30 games there at Texas tech. And he has now been fired there. Um, Let's talk a a little bit about the type of hire that Tech made by bringing in Matt Wells. Because it's important to remember that he he got brought in because he had helped to build Utah State into a bit of a powerhouse there in the Mountain West. Um, he was brought in coming off of a 10-2 and two season in 2018. He was a bit of a, one of those hot names of like, oh, here's this guy at a G5 school that's doing big things. Um, let's bring him in and, and take over. Um, Tech is 5-3 Tech is this year. I think it's important to remember that they are 5-3, and, and they have that win over Houston. They've handed Houston their only loss of the year. But obviously it wasn't enough, and I think that it was fair to say that Matt Wells entered the year on the hot seat. Um, and he did basically nothing to assuage them, even though they did go five and three. But I, I think the timing of this is curious because here's what I think happened. This is this is I, I don't have any inside information, I'm reacting just like you guys. I think that tech is looking at what happened with Les Miles at LSU before he was fired. Because here's what happened with Les Miles, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Les Miles should have been fired in—I don't even, i, I got to make sure I, I, I pull this up. Let me make sure I get the, get the, the timing right here uh, for, for what happened with Les Miles. Because you remember, um, at Les Miles—so this was in 2016—or 2015. In 2015, LSU went 9-3. and three, But that's not necessarily telling you the whole story. Because what happened was they started off 6-0— and oh, and then they rattled off three straight losses to Alabama, the, to Arkansas, which was the real death knell I thought, and they lost to Ole Miss. and they fell to and, and they fell down to, uh, to seven and three and uh, seven and three, whatever it was eight and three maybe. And what happened is that after those three losses, it was pretty much understood that Les Miles was going to get fired. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much understood that Les Miles was going to get fired. But what happened is that they went out there uh the I guess a couple days after Thanksgiving, and they beat a and m, they beat A and m, they won nineteen to seven, Les miles got like carried off the field, yeah and everything, and suddenly LSU and then they by the way, they beat tech in the, in the bowl game, yeah, and then the LSU Brasco. Well I mean they did just go nine and three. the players obviously love him the fans love him mm-hmm. like we can't fire we can't fire him Matt or uh, less miles coached himself into another year yep they gave him an opportunity to save himself and 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 kind of rally the troops around him and then he goes in and they go two and two and they fire him the next year mm-hmm. in the middle of next year that's when coach over so
0: it's like rip off the Band-Aid before you get to that point. <laughs>
1: I think tech is making sure that Matt Wells doesn't have an opportunity to save himself. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because here's what comes up next: because they, they they spit the bit against, up against Kansas State, mm-hmm. right? They still got to play Oklahoma. Yep. They still got to play Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. They still got to play Baylor.
0: So you grab right? one of those wins. You
1: win one of those games against what's going to be ranked teams, and suddenly the 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 tone of the conversation conversation shifts because not only do you knock off a ranked team and pull off an upset but you do so to get bowl eligible yep this is tech making sure matt wells doesn't have an opportunity mm-hmm. to save his own job yep
0: they said we're done with this we're to be sure. done and you like they they would not have been in this situation had they just beat kansas state like it looked for most of that game like they yep. would until it just they absolutely laid down
1: they they took the opportunity. I mean, look, let's be honest, he was he's seven and sixteen in, in Big Twelve play. Okay. The resume, and I, I don't love talking about coaches getting fired because I think it stinks, but the resume does not allow them to keep him on for another year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because even if they win out, right? Even if they win out, he would be eleven and sixteen in Big Twelve play. Right now, that's, that's part of that's not his fault. I think he took over a program that was in dire straits. He
0: took over a program too, where it was a quarterback that should have been great who could not stay healthy. He has not
1: he has not had a healthy quarterback basically the entire time. He's he been hasn't.
0: There. Yeah, not not the entire time. So
1: it's not entirely his fault, but in the end, but in the end, like. You are what your record says you are. Mm -hmm. And he's a 13-17 and coach at Texas Tech.
0: Now, here's a question from the comments that I agree with. Does Tech have too high expectations? Because we always run into this issue talking about Baylor and TCU as well, you know?
1: So that's a question, right? That Tech has basically had one good spell since the breakup of the Southwest Conference. Yes. And that was in the Mike Leach era. Yes,
0: with Graham Harrell.
1: When they had Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree. Mm Mm-hmm. They had that good spell there with Mike Leach. So there is an importance here to know thyself, right? Mm-hmm. Self-awareness. Also, the Big 12 is going to get a bit of a facelift. Mm-hmm. And Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Theoretically, who will be next up to be the favorite in the Big 12? Like the, the powerhouse in the Big 12? Uh, yeah. Oklahoma State? State? Maybe. Baylor? Right. I think tech is maybe looking at this and saying, all right, in a shifting landscape, maybe we can find a way to be that team. Yeah. Now, history would suggest that tech can't be that team. That's just that's not me being mean, that's just the reality of the situation. They have not been able to do that and establish themselves as a consistent power in whatever program they've or whatever conference they've been. Mm-mm. But I think that Tech is looking at the situation and saying, we don't believe that Matt Wells is the guy who can get us to that point where we can fill the void that's going to be left by Texas. Right, because, yeah. They've, we want to go out there and get a guy who can't.
0: They've been fine shooting for third place every year. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's kind yeah. of what the goal has been. And like like being uh, like,
1: Being like the team you don't want to play. Being like...
0: They're the team that can come up and literally muck up any situation. Like, right. that's what they've always been in the Big 12. So...
1: So the Matt Wells era is over. I don't. I, we don't have word yet on who's going to take over on the interim basis. But let's talk about names because that's what everybody wants to talk about. And let's talk about a, a bit the kind of hire that Matt Wells was. We mentioned that he was successful at. Uh, he basically they did the old get a good G five coach because yep. Utah State was and, pr- and promote him and promote him right. They kind of did that with Tommy Tuberville as well, mm-hmm. right? Um. A little bit different, obviously, because he was coming off of his run at Auburn. He was at Cincinnati at the time. Whatever, whatever. whatever. Um, here is what. I, here are the names they're going to get kicked around a lot, mm-hmm. and it's kind of in that same vein. I right? think there's two big ones. The two big names are going to be Jeff Trailer at UTSA, mm-hmm. and they're going to be Sonny Dykes at SMU. Yes, both of whom are undefeated, mm-hmm. both of whom are having great years. Sonny Dykes obviously has a pretty tight relationship to tech because his dad coached there and he's an alum. Um, but he also has but I I will just say this in the shifting landscape of the conference realignment, where now the UTSA and SMU are going to be in the American Athletic Conference. Yes. Now the American Athletic Conference is no longer going to be the best non power conference Mm -hmm. because that's going to be the Big 12. Yep. Right? And arguably, you know, there's other conferences, the Sun Belt's really making waves, but it could be considered a move up to go from the american athletic conference to the big 12 yeah but i also don't think i'll say this i also don't think that leap is as big as it used to be in a prestige perspective
0: no not at all and that's what's crazy to think about is i'm sure right it's just we're in that awkward gray area where it's like oh yeah everyone knows oh the big 12 you know this is power five this is blue blood of of college football and now it's like "Mm, is it though but we're not there yet is
1: the other issue well, now, now there's something else to, to remember here, okay? And 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 let's be honest about this. So, so Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes is making three point five million dollars at SMU. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's making three point five million dollars at SMU. Doing pretty well. It's pretty Matt pay. Wells is making three point six. They're basically making the same amount. Yeah. Okay. So if you are so Sonny Dykes would have to want to go to tech because there's not a mm-hmm. monetary, well, and, like they're not going to fork out the five, you know, they're they're mm-hmm. you know they'll have to give them a little bit of a raise. Yeah. But that would be theoretically where tech is going to live as far as the the financials are concerned.
0: And you've got to look at recruiting at that point sure. because if you're making the same amount of money here and you're housed in the DFW, why do you necessarily want to go to Lubbock?
1: Here's the other one. The other one's Jeff Trailer. Jeff Traylor is making $800,000. Okay? That would recommend... That would, that would be a significant leap as far as his financial well-being like if he Two were and to a go. half. Right. <laughs> if were to go and just match Matt Wells' pay. Yeah. Or even take a small... Less than what Matt Wells made, right? Mm-hmm. Say, now, we'll start you at three and then we'll talk right. after next season. That would you still know? be tripling his pay. Right. That's going to be interesting. There is also going to be some talk of Jeff Trailer staying at UTSA for a couple more years mm-hmm. to see if there's something even bigger than that. And you've seen that happen. Guys like Billy Napier That's have done that. There's, well, so this, go, this, cuts <laughs> both a, ways. Yeah. this cuts both ways because you're exactly right. There's the Billy Napier thing. Billy Napier is a coach at, at Louisiana. Mm-hmm. He's definitely had offers from jobs, and I think he's just biding his time. Right. He's buying his time. He likes where he's at. He's buying his time.
0: Because that big power five that you're not going to want to turn away from is going to come at some point. There's also... With Seth Luttrell, which was he Seth got Luttrell. the offer from Kansas State right. and turned it down, and then we... And now went. he's, he's going to get fired. Yep.
1: And now he's going to get fired. He had his opportunity. He didn't jump off the ship when he should have. Should have, yeah.
0: And that's right? one of those things. When do you ever know if that's the right you time?
1: <laughs> you don't. So... The other option – so that is – that would be the typical hire a G5 head coach type of thing. But let's also remember who was the coach that he took that, – uh, that Matt Wells took over for. He took over for Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury was a hot assistant, mm. okay? He was an offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M who had helped Johnny Manziel win a Heisman. Yep. He goes back home. Obviously, it doesn't work out there, Right. Working out okay in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Are there guys like that? Because think about this: that's the path that Baylor just went. Yep. When they hired Dave Aranda.
0: Yeah, you go for the big time defense. Right. Which Tech would go for big time offensive coordinator somewhere,
1: historically speaking? Do what about Graham Harrell? Graham Harrell. <laughs> or would that be too on the nose with what's going on with Cliff? With what's going on with Cliff Kingsbury? Mm-hmm. I will just say this: I think that this is maybe the most important hire that Texas Tech is going to make uh, yeah, no. for a while. Because I think- because of the shifting landscapes, because of the because of the way the conference realignment is going right now, that the game has changed, and I think that Tech has to Tech can't miss on this one. Mm-mm. Tech has got to find a guy that it's going to work for them. Now, a lot of, lot of good reasons to go a, a few different ways, right? If you were asking me right now. My first calls to Jeff Trailer, my second calls to Sonny Dykes, mm-hmm. and then at that point maybe you open up the search a little bit further. We're going to find out. It's going to be very interesting because Tech is in a position where they can make a leap as far as con- as far as where they their the, their spot in the in the conference pecking order. Mm-hmm. But they can't swing and miss on this.
0: Well, and the other thing that makes this such a unique scenario is, like, it doesn't always happen this way where something like this happens. And realistically, the guys that we think have the biggest shot to take it are other head FBS coaches in the yeah. state of Texas. Like, that That makes this whole thing, because obviously, if that happens, then there's the ripple effect of, okay, well, where does yeah. UTSA go? Where does SMU go, Absolutely. you know?
1: there's a lot. There's a lot more to come. But a domino has certainly fallen. Uh, Mike Craven at Dave Campbell's text has confirmed the report from Pete Famel at Yahoo Sports that Matt Wells has been fired at Texas Tech, uh, rounding out his 13 and 17 career there with the Red Raiders okay there's a little bit of breaking news let's go over to ashley pickoff america's second favorite segment final thoughts
0: um we talked about uh this is actually a good point in the pre-show we were talking about liking sporting events that are or sporting events whatever that are spectacles mm-hmm. um and someone brought up a great point have you ever have you ever been to a uh, monster jam
1: i haven't i haven't mm-hmm. um I, I I can certainly see the allure, the I, appeal of it, right?
0: I didn't know it was a thing, and in college, we when it came to AT and T Stadium, we were like, oh, okay, well, yeah, we'll go check it out. Man, it was awesome. <laughs> it yeah. was, that was one of those things that it's it's a complete spectacle. There's it's just massive trucks plowing over things. Great time, right? If you like spectacles, you got to go.
1: It, it was at it, some point. I, I may have to do that. Maybe Hank will want
0: to I was going to say Hank would. You get them a couple years older, like, big you know, track. that five, six realm. Oh, yeah, that's right up track. there, Allie.
1: It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Matt Landers of Lubbock-Roosevelt for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe there's breaking news tomorrow in Texas Football Today.